Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. everyone and welcome back to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. I'm your host Kelly O'Hara and we're here to uncover the secrets of the speaking world and show you how mastering the art of public speaking can elevate your career, your business, and most importantly your impact. Today's guest is nothing short of exceptional in the world of public speaking, business, sales, and connection. Known not just for his prowess in sales and on stage, but for his unique approach to business relationships. Glenn Poulos is a force to be reckoned with, and his mantra, teaching individuals how to get, act, and stay in front of clients while being a pleasure to do business with always, has resonated with countless professionals, empowering them to cultivate meaningful relationships and drive results in their careers. Without further ado, let's dive into this conversation. Glenn, welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for having me. And what a great introduction. That was that was amazing. Thank you. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. And this show is so much about public speaking. But I would like to ask you, can you share with us the start? Share a little bit about your journey and how you got into the world of sales business and public speaking combined. Sure. Um, the, um, the uh, yeah, I mean, I started my career actually working for the federal government as a civil servant, as a public servant, not public servant, but civil servant, I think we called them in Canada. Um, I was electronic technician and um, my boss pulled me aside one day and said, you're in the wrong game. You know, you're not cut out for government work. You should you should maybe go get a job in sales. And um, I, I don't really remember ever questioning him on the whys of any of that, but I do remember that I started flipping through the paper looking for sales jobs. And uh, the it turned out that the first job that I applied for, I got an interview. And after calling the owner 10 times, uh, following up on my status throughout the process, he finally hired me and said, look, I mean, if you're going to follow up that many times to get a job, I can imagine how many times you'll follow up to keep a job. And so that was my sort of first little taste of sales and selling was just getting selling myself uh, to a to a sales company that, you know, and I, I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any any re relevant experience whatsoever. Right. And they took a chance on me. And um, yeah, it turned out it turned out well. And I worked for them for about five years. And then I approached them with a business idea to spin their company off and, and uh, create a little sub you know, like a spinoff company that I could then own a piece of because I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. I really wanted to start a business and they said no. And so I ended up, um, I ended up resigning uh, the next day and uh, to start the business and much to their shock and dismay. And, um, you know, and I was, I'd approached them about a newfangled technology, which they, they didn't think it was going to, you know, it was going to amount to anything uh, substantial. It was the cell phone. Right. And of course, where who who needs a cell phone right and this was in 1991 right like not you know this isn't like two years ago right this was a long time ago and uh yeah and so i uh i i started a, co a company at uh 29 and a half years of age and uh ran it for 15 years 
and sold that business. And then I started another company, uh, Gap Wireless, uh, which I ran for another 15 years. And in 2022, I sold that to a private equity and I accepted a job with the private equity firm working for them, helping to integrate the business into the into the company, uh, you know, into their private equity firm, you know, their group of companies, right? So now I, now I have a day job and a boss. And uh, after 30 years of running my own companies, and, um, and I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of managing the day to day of that all the while, you know, the book and uh, public speaking and promoting, uh, you know, promoting that stuff. So that's kind of how I got here. I love that story. I think we share that that motto of your no is where the yes begins. Your tenacious, <laughs> you stick with it, and I yeah. uh, that really that lands for me yeah. very much. So uh, definitely nice. not a quitter. So so let me ask you how public yeah. speaking really influenced um, the creation of your business relationships and your overall success. Yeah, yeah I mean they're kind of like we're like hand in hand in a way, like in the sense that, um, well, first of all, I am a bit of a talker, I guess. And I've always been that way. You know, once I get excited about something, I kind of, you know, maybe I talk too much sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm always, I can always get very excited about things, especially when I'm passionate. That's why I love selling products that I loved. And um, one of my pieces of advice is I always share with people is that you, if you find yourself going into sales or something sales-like, and you realize, you know, early on that you've joined a company that has sort of the number three or number four product in the market that you should quit right away and go and work with a better company because it takes just as long to sell a crappy product as it does a good one. And you can't, you know, you can't get back the day yesterday, today, you know, um, that you spent wasting it on, on bad products. So you should always be trying to sell the best that you can so that you have the opportunity to excel the most. It's your career. It's your life. And so, you know, um, and I had spent some time selling these thir three, number three and number four brands. And I realized what a waste it was because people love dealing with me, but they couldn't buy my product because it wasn't up to par. Right. So um, but nonetheless, public speaking. So, yeah, once I jumped into sales, I started looking around for mentors and I started, you know, learning little rules and things that I saw them follow. And I mean, for them, they were just habits. It wasn't like they've written these rules down. But for me, I did write them down. And I named a lot of them after the people that where I learned them. And then I started sharing them with people. And then people, some of them have funny stories attached to them, like the way I tell them. And I try to add humor into it. And people are like, hey, can you come to my, you know, like other salespeople would say, hey, can you come to our sales meeting and tell some of these rules and these stories that you've got? They're amazing, like lessons and things like that, right? And so there's sort of this parallel path of, of learning the, the, the trade and then promoting the trade simultaneously kind of evolved. And um, over the years, I just kept promoting my stories and writing the new ones down. And everyone's like, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. But I never did until, until the pandemic. And then when we got locked up in Canada for all that time, I thought, what better time to buckle down and uh, and write the book and actually, you know, like publish the book, right? And um, I had a I had a little book filled with all my rules, and that's what made. So the writing the book was, I don't want to say easy because it wasn't easy, but I mean, it wasn't like I had to go and spend years and years researching. I'd already done that. It had it written down. Now I had to just turn it into a a palatable form that people would want to read, right? And um, yeah, and that's how the sort of, uh, you know, the 
the public speaking sort of coexists with the rules that I follow in order to build my sales and, you know, and help other people sell in my company and at other companies. So. so the book that you are referencing is called Never Sit in the Lobby, 57 Winning Sales Factors to Grow a Business and Build a Career in Selling. Fabulous right. name and Never Sit in the Lobby caught my attention right off the bat. What, where did that come from? What, what spawned that great idea? So never sit in the lobby is one of the, uh, I have this little barrage of rules that come out really quickly with when I'm talking to people. And that's one of them, never sit in the lobby. And when I wrote the book, my top, my title was way worse than that. Like not worse, but I mean, like the, the editor said, that's an awful title. Nobody will, you know, Google that. They'll never, you know, and I mean, I thought, oh, it's so good or whatever. Right. And they're like, no, <laughs> definitely not. And fail. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, and then, and the, the first editor, the, it was a lady that I was working with. Um, she came up with, she said, this title, this chapter is perfect. Right. And I said, oh yeah, okay. That does work. Right. And it's never sit in the lobby. And that, and that the rule simply that when you get to a customer, you know, you register to, you know, to see your client or whatever, don't go and sit on their nice comfy leather couch and take out your phone and start texting your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you know, be standing, waiting for your client attention, you know, phone away and be waiting so that you're on point when they walk through the door there, are you Glenn? Yes. Nice to meet you. And then you could start on them with a bunch of other rules that, you know, uh, I can tell you at the, if, if you want to hear, right. But, but one of them is don't sit down uh, because it's the other, you know, two things. One, you, you typically get distracted. It's not a good look. And two, sometimes, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's these big, tall six foot five guys coming in the lobby and I'm sitting in the couch and I got to look up four feet up at someone towering over me. And it's, you know, it's not the, it's easier if you're standing, you know, at attention. Now I'm not eye to eye with a six foot five guy. I'll tell you that much, but, but at least I, I'm only a foot apart at that point. Right. And, uh, yeah. So you're so um, right. You're so right. It's an imbalance of power at the beginning exactly. of the meeting. It would be much right. better to be more in line. I agree with you a thousand percent. That's a great tip. I absolutely love yeah. that. So one of the things you're known for is the, your ability to connect. That's something that that is really a, a staple for yeah. you. And public speaking is one thing, but maintaining that connection is another. Tell me how um, with public speaking itself and the fact that, you know, you have a book, you have a podcast called The Profit Powerhouse. Um, those are all one thing. How do you, how has all of this helped you stay in front of your clients and kind of keep that relationship alive? Right. So, so, and you, you, uh, you mentioned it in your, in your introduction, right? I call it being a pleasure to do business with always, right? In other words, don't be a pain in the ass and don't not be a pleasure to do business with, right? And so even when you lose the business, right? Because people are like, oh yeah, it's fine as long as you don't lose the order. And I'm like, no, you want to be a pleasure to do business with always, right? Because I'm typically working with people, either my company or people that I'm helping and, and uh, you know, coaching or mentoring or whatever, they're dealing with a territory where they're going to go back. It's not one and done, right? It's a, the, the customer's a relationship that evolves over time. And so for me, it's all about rapport and building rapport. And I spend, you know, and I talk about it in the book and I talk about it, you know, it, when I'm, when I'm speaking about building rapport and making it, making a science out of it. Right. And 
you know, there are a lot of uh, a lot of things involved in building rapport, but it's always, you know, in a way, it's always doing the next right thing. But it's also things like active listening, you know, showing empathy towards the customer, you know, understanding the difference between empathy, sympathy, and compassion, right? And 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 deploying the proper, you know, um, you know, sort of reaction at the proper time, and um, and becoming genuine, right? I have a, you know, um, I have a story that I tell in the book called "Implied Familiarity Also Breeds Contempt," right? And so I don't know if you've ever heard the story or the saying, "Familiarity breeds contempt." Sure. Have you ever heard that? Absolutely. Yeah. Tell right. So I made up. I made up one called "Implied Familiarity Also Breeds Contempt," and so <laughs> the story is one where I went into an office and I you know, I saw a guy holding a fish, the guy holding a fish with another guy up on his, his um, credenza thing behind his desk. Right. And I'm like, Oh, you know, Oh, you're a fisherman. Oh, I love fishing too. You know, and you know, we should go fishing sometime and you know, that kind of a thing. Right. And he looks behind and he goes, Oh my God. He says, I, I forgot that was even there. He says, you know what? I actually hate fishing. He says, that that guy is actually my ex-father-in-law. I'm divorced from that lady, can't stand her, horrible divorce, and grabs the photo, takes it, throws it in the garbage. And he basically, I watched the guy go from being this positive guy to reliving his divorce in about 20 seconds, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and how can he not feel like this, a little bit of like contempt towards me for bringing up all those feelings in him, right? And then I had to like, you know, recycle them back to a, a present state of like, don't worry, it's over. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Right. But the mistake that I made was jumping from photo fish to that this guy would want to go fishing with me instead of getting to know him in a more genuine manner. And, you know, um, and then when I determined that he actually does like fishing, then I could start laying on the fishing stories and, you know, maybe we could go fishing together sometime if it was appropriate. Right. But oftentimes, you know, you're not going to go from standing in the guy's lobby to fishing with him that weekend, right? It's just, these are not, these are not natural progressions. So um, I believe in a natural rapport. And, um, and so, you know, uh, that's, that's, you know, some of the, some of the ways I, I, tr I try to do it, right? And, um, you know, uh, active listening, of course, is another one of the things that I really like to um like to focus on right where you know the old god gave you two ears and one mouth so you do the math kind of thing right <laughs> absolutely and, uh, you're not learning yeah. if you're talking you're not yeah. learning about that so, client if you're talking you're so right yeah. so that's perfect advice that's the perfect kind of strategy for people to pay attention to and i i love that um let's go to the next step because your relationship building techniques, you know, your reputation for that precedes itself. For those people that are in sales out there, and aren't we all in sales one way or another, when you get to that point where you're, you've, you've created the relationship, do you have some tips or strategies or something special you'd like to share when it comes to closing the deal or making a sale after a speaking engagement or after a connection on a podcast or the next level, once you've gotten yeah. to that point now, now to the final piece. Exactly. Yes, I do. 
Perfect. <laughs> that worked out really well for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. On on my website, which we can talk about later, um, I have a little download thing that you can download, and it's called the Punch Perfect Pitch and Close, right? And it directly speaks to what you're talking about. And so I break it down into three sections, right? The punch, the perfect pitch, and the close. But I say it really fast. It's called the punch, perfect pitch, and close, right? And But it's really three things, three steps, right? And um, the um, uh, so the, the punch is where, you know, you want it when you're presenting something to someone because before you close, you have to do everything before it correctly. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really the most important thing is doing all the other things important better then the close becomes more second nature. Right. So the punch is where I try to change the person's state and I don't literally punch them, but I try to change their state in the way a punch might. And so oftentimes in a presentation or something like that, I will, um, <clears throat> you know, I will play them a video with with uh, compelling sound and video, which shows them achieving the result that I know that they're trying to achieve before they've even told me that they need to achieve it. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. It depends on what you sell. Right. But typically your product or service solves a problem for them. Right. So mm -hmm. I try to create an environment where I can show them, see that they can see someone else enjoying the results that they're actually looking for right so it doesn't matter if it's a piece of equipment or it's a service or technology that you're selling them you want to you want to try to give it and there's like oh wow that's amazing that looks amazing piece of technology or look how fast that machine works or you know and then that's the punch right or or sometimes it's just you know, I'll ask them a really hard question right at the beginning. And what I'm really trying to do is avoid what most people do, which is this whole death by PowerPoint, right? They're like, hi, my name's Glenn, and I'm here from Acme Technologies, and I'd like you to walk you through my PowerPoint. Let me start with, here's a photo of our factory in, you know, Guangzhou, China, where most of our production is done. And then our head office is in Berlin, and here it is, now I have a regional office in Atlanta, and there's three slides in, everyone's asleep, no one cares, right? And I mean, so basically what I do using what, I, and this is also in the book, the power of three, right? First, the punch, perfect pitch and close. That's the power of three. The presentation, the perfect pitch. Also, I use the power of three. And so that's where first I'm going to, again, I tell them what I'm going to tell them. I tell them and then I tell them what I told them. Again, power of three. And then I always condense my, my discussion points, my perfect pitch to three things, right? And essentially I'm showing them and I'm, uh, through my investigation before the presentation, I'm showing my product solving their problem again, right? And by the end of it, after I punch them, perfect pitch them, the perfect, the close, which is what you asked me about, mm -hmm. is usually them asking me how much it costs or how to go to the next step. If I have to go to, if I have to ask them, hey, what's the next step? Or, you know, can I get your order or whatever? A lot of times, it means I failed the other steps, right? Because usually when someone really wants something, they're not able to hold back at the end. They're like, okay, please tell me how much is it is? How much is this? Right. And, um, and so for me, the perfect close is the one where the customer closes themselves. Right. And, and beyond that, if they need, you know, uh, obviously you often have to interact with the customer to close them, but 
there's no like tricky tricky statement you're going to say to get them to to buy it or whatever you have to do all the other steps correctly you know and eliminate the doubt and make them want your product more than everybody else and then you just help them to buy it and that's the perfect close for me right and um now there are times where if they're waffling a little bit on price or whatever then there's strategies that you can adopt right like um, and how you can avoid multiple levels of, of uh, discounting and things like that. But those are, you know, those are situation dependent. And, it, you know, if there's time, I can go over some of that too. But that's how I do the often address the closing angle. And um, yeah, and you can, if you want a copy of the, that, how I, there's a little worksheet in uh, on my website that shows you how to build the, the presentation so that it, you know, it's a little guide on a recipe book and you fill in the blanks of what you do and helps you to build the perfect pitch. So, You are a natural born salesman. I think this comes to you from such a place of authenticity. Um, but how much of this do you feel has come? Is it come from just experience or do you feel that there was a lot of training involved in this. I know that you referenced other people that you've learned from yeah. mentors and coaches, but I think you innately understand the quality, the value, the meaningfulness in creating relationship with people. Would that be accurate? Yes, definitely. And I, you know, the, <clears throat> in trying to be a pleasure to do business with, what I'm really trying to do is avoiding being not a pleasure to do business with, right? <laughs> and so in order to be not, a, you know, you have to be, it's kind of like, um, sort of like, uh, you know, collision avoidance on a car, right? You know, like, I mean, it it's doing things so you don't hit something, right? I don't want to get to the point where I've annoyed them. And so I'm always monitoring how I'm behaving around the customer, and, um, you know, trying to build a, you know, a, a genuine relationship with them that's appropriate based on, you know, my age and, you know, their age and where we're at in the cycle. And, you know, like you don't, you know, you don't walk into a VP and take and ask him out to dinner on the first sales call. It's not appropriate. Right. And, uh, you know, everything has to be at it at the right moment in time. But the what I learned most of it I did are are just the the like habitual redoing of the rules I learned from everyone else. Right. And I just copied them and I saw them. And um, like, after I never sit in the lobby, right. One of the, the next rules that I always follow is always ask for a mini tour. Right. And everyone's like, what the heck, what is a mini tour? Right. And I'm like, well, a mini Brilliant. tour is a tour that's mini. It's just not a long tour that takes all afternoon. We've all sat on tours of, you know, you go to a city and it takes four hours. You're on the bus. You're off the bus. You're on the bus. You're off the bus. You're tired. You're cranky. There's people that are bothering you. You know, um, a mini tour is very simple. It's just like, well, you're putting in this new system. Can I maybe, you know, meet with your team? And, you know, are you putting in this new system in the warehouse? Can I have a quick look at the new warehouse or the new production area or the new lab or the new? And you're, you're trying to get into the environment beyond the lobby that where your product or service is going to be used, right? And off, mo and most of the time they actually say yes. If they don't, then a little trick I always use is they're they're humming and hawing and they don't really know you yet or whatever. I'll say, look, I promise I won't sell any encyclopedias while I'm in the building, right? And they're oftentimes they'll laugh and they'll go, yeah, okay, fine. I'm like, you know, I said, look, just a quick tour. Just want to have a look around. And really what I want to see is my stuff 
in in you know where my stuff would fit in and where the competition already fits in because I want to go in and I realize everyone's wearing the competitor's shirt yeah right all the coffee mugs are from a different competitor I'm like okay I'm definitely coming from behind here and the thing that they've asked me to quote on I see there's nine of them from somebody else already well used so am I really you know, a front runner here, or am I just there to keep everybody honest so they can buy a 10th copy of something they already use, right? How would I ever know that in the lobby, right? And so, so I learned to ask for that tour from one of my mentors back in the 80s. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, the, the uh, another, just another quick one that goes along with it is, you know, because I never sit in the lobby, I don't want to spend a lot of time in the lobby because I have to stand up, right? So if I get there 10 minutes early, I wait in my car. And while I'm in my car, I go to my phone and I call up my customer and I relook, I look at everyone that I've ever met in that business, in that particular company that I'm going in, and I re-remember their face, right? So because I've met them before and I've seen their face before, but I, you know, we've all bumped into someone and you can't get the memory because it, it's too far down. It's there, but you just can't get it fast enough. Yes. And the moment comes and goes and it's gone before you have a chance. Right. And so what I do is I re-remember them. And so when I asked for the mini tour, promise not to sell any encyclopedias, I'm walking through the hallway and I start bumping into these people and I'm like, Oh, Hey Jack. Hey Bob. Hey Sally. Hey George. And they're like, oh my God, like, I haven't seen that guy in like two years and he remembers me. That's amazing. Oh, I really like that guy. He's such a pleasure to do business with, right? And the guy that's with you and, and he's only meeting you for the first time, right? He's want, he's giving you a guided, you know, guiding you on your mini tour. He's like, oh my God, this guy knows everybody, right? And the worst thing is when Sally walks by you and you know her name, but you can't get it in time and she's walking and you're walking and the moment's gone, and the whole, you know, and for an hour, you're just like, oh, God, I can't believe I forgot her name. And so you want to avoid that and never let that happen by re-remembering the customers before you show up to the business. And again, that's just a little rule on how to build rapport and how to how to be a pleasure to do business with always. These are just all the building blocks of how we do it. Right. And so. I learned it back when we didn't have a phone. I learned it in 1985 where we had this little book. And I had to remember their face from my brain, actually. And then later we got laptops and internet and we could go on LinkedIn and, you know, but, but now it's easy, but I mean, you still got to re-remember them because um, it's not like you can go through the hallway calling them up on LinkedIn to remember who they are while they're walking by. Right. So. It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful tip for everybody. Um, I agree 1000%. And I'd go back to your mini tour uh, besides competitive analysis, it also gives the person who's giving you the tour, you get to see what he's proud of. You get to see yeah. what he's built. And as he's doing that with you, he is um, investing in you as you're walking yeah. through because he's giving you information. Yeah. And now he feels more connected to you because you know more about what's important to him or what he views as um, the success of what he's doing because he's not taking you down to where the trash cans are. He's not taking you to yeah. where the where the dirt is. He's taking you to his best things. I think yeah. you're. I think you're absolutely right on. That is absolutely wonderful advice. Um, I hope everybody heard that the way I do too. These, I this book has got to be invaluable. Those are just those are gems. 
Um, let me ask you a last question before um, I, I hate letting you go already. This is not long enough, <laughs> um, but this should give some real nice tidbits for people to want to follow up with you. How do you see now with the digital era, it's, it's a whole nother world. You and I from, are from a time where, you know, cell phones at one point were new to us. We've been around yeah. for a while, but now you've got the digital era with webinars and virtual events and everything's on Zoom. How do you think it's changed the dynamics of public speaking for business and actually being able to transact business in terms of attracting and maintaining clients? What do you see looking ahead? So I always try to condition the sales guys and girls in my company and other companies that I talk to, to look at the Zoom thing as not the new way of doing it, but another tool in your arsenal of a very large arsenal of things to do uh, to get the job done, right? So granted, you may be doing the presentation over Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not going to conduct the entire business uh, process over Zoom, right? Like in other words, you might show them the demo of the product or the service or the software to run a trial, give them a, you know, a, a look and feel kind of a thing over Zoom, right? That part's fine. And I mean, you want to make sure that it's slick and bo not boring. And I would apply the punch perfect pitch and close model to the Zoom presentation, just like I would in the boardroom, right? But what it's what happens before and after that really matter, like it's just and and again, so it's not it's not just the Zoom. Like first, you got to get them uh, onto Zoom, right? And so a lot of people are thinking like, oh well, I can just send them a LinkedIn and ask them a little poll, and then they're going to click yes, and then of course they're going to book a time on my Calendly, and then I'm going to show up on Zoom, and I'm going to sell, and then it's going to sell them, and then I'm going to get a commission check the next day. No, right? No, that's <laughs> no. not how it works, right? Like, and of course you know, uh, it, it, it really doesn't matter who you're selling to or whatever, but the very first thing that I try to do is figure out how to get a hold of them and phone them because they actually don't get a lot of phone calls because most people now, you know, are kind of lazy and they think they can just do it from email and stuff like that, that there's no pressure or threat or fear. And so really it's only the bold that pick up the phone and call. And, and so, you know, and, and, you know, there's lots of, and there's lots of little things in the book about how I start conversations and I always leave a voicemail to never more than never less than 20 seconds, never more than 30 seconds. Right. When I call a guy, I don't, again, how do I be a pleasure to do business? I'm not paying the ass. I don't say, Oh, hi, this is Glenn from Acme distributing. How are you today? And yeah. Oh, the guys like, oh, fine. And, and of course, half the time they're because of their parents brought them up there, right? They're like, and you like they have to kind of just say that, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm great. Thank you for asking, right? And by that point, they already hate you, right? <laughs> like they know <laughs> you're a salesman, right? Oh, that's so true. That's I get how, those goals. Yes, you're right. <laughs> that's not how I do it, right? I'm going, hey, it's Glenn from Acme Distributing. I hope you're well. I just wanted to 20 seconds of your time. We've been saving, we've been saving customers like you 20 to 30% on their, on their package material costs, on their accounting, blah, 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 on their whatever HR, blah. it doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. And, you know, and I wanted to know if we could get a little bit more time to go over that with you and your team. Right. Boom. That's it. Spit it out. It's all in like 20 seconds. I spit it out. And, 
And even if I get cut off in the beginning when I said, hey, it's Glenn, I hope you're doing well. And he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I go, look, this is a cold call. You can hang up or please give me 20 seconds and then I'll let you go. And they're like, okay, fine. I'll give you the 20 seconds. Fine. Blah, blah, blah. We've been saving you 20%. Da, 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 da. We'd like to get, you know, I'd like to get a chance to get in front of the right people. And the guy's like, and I always call as high up as I can, CEO if possible, right? He goes, I don't deal with HR stuff. Call the vice president of operations, right? HR works for him. I call the vice president. He goes, I don't deal with that shit. Call, you know, Julie, the, you know, the, whatever, the director of something. And she moves me down to the HR director. And then I get to the HR manager who's doing the evaluation of the HR product that I'm selling or whatever. But I've met the CEO, the executive vice president, the director, the, you know, the manager, the, this, the, that. Now I'm dealing with the, you know, the, the person that's going to evaluate it. But at any point in that cycle, I can call any one of those people back and I could touch base with them. And I could say, look, we've got this software up and running in the HR department. Oh my God. Like you, we've never onboarded people so fast. Jack, the CEO, you should come down here and see this while I'm here. It's going to blow your mind. Give me five minutes. And he's like, well, okay. you know, and you know that they're spending a hundred grand on it. He's going to be the one signs off on it. You want him to be invested in it. Right. And, and so, and it, I know I got off topic there because I was talking about, I mean, and the, but I could just, just as easily be on zoom. Right. And I could say, look, you know, we're doing this zoom thing. If you can pop in five minutes before the end, we want to show you how it runs, blah, 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 whatever. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Right. But, but I'm using a series of voice, like calling them, leaving a voicemail, sending an email follow-up, phoning them back, trying to get them on the thing, you know, sending them a note, sending them something, dropping something in the lobby for them. Um, all, and then all of that feeds into trying to get, you know, to the Zoom thing, because that's what you asked me about, mm -hmm. and get do the punch perfect pitch and close and get them to, you know, at the end say, okay, how much is it to get this thing that you sell? Right. And um, but the mistake people make is they think they can do it all from a keyboard. Right. In Costa Rica, in a commune as a remote worker, you know, I'm a digital nomad and I'm going to sell five hundred thousand dollar systems to Fortune 500 companies from, you know, from Fiji. Right. <laughs> no. Like, but those other people out. you're selling to are working. They're working. Right. So they don't want yeah. to hear that you're in Fiji. So. And so now, you know, so if you are 100% limited to Zoom because of, uh, then you need to use the phone and email and all these other technologies to your benefit, not just rely on email. And if, if at all possible, you know, even if Zoom is involved, still, if you're close to your customer, go and visit them. Uh, Glenn, this was brilliant. I think you've given so many, many strategies today that will help people be really successful. And I just wanna thank you for joining us today. Um, your insights, honestly, your experience and your passion, I can see that it's had a profound impact on your business relationships and maybe even far more important, your focus on being a pleasure to do business with. I'm sure that's resonated with our audience. It does with me. I think it's a key to a better, more satisfying relationships that actually grow. And they're more, I think, more quickly trusted. And overall, then it feels more meaningful for both sides. Would you agree? I do. I do very much so. I try to live it every day. And, you know, um, it's my mantra. 
It's it's fantastic. So for our listeners who are eager to dive deeper into really, can you tell Glenn's reservoir of knowledge? You're in for a treat. Glenn hosts a remarkable podcast called The Profit Powerhouse. And he's got his book, Never Sit in the Lobby, 57 Winning Sales Factors to Grow a Business and Build a Career in Selling, which as the name suggests, it's a gold mine for those seeking to really excel in their sales journey. And of course, if you want more resources, insights, and how to connect with Glenn directly, go to his website at glennpoulas.com. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N-P-O-U-L-O-S.com. And to our dedicated audience, thanks again for tuning in. It's your passion for growth and learning that drives us to bring you the best from the world of speaking and business. If today's episode resonated with you, please share the wisdom with a friend or colleague. And until next time, nurture your voice Amplify your influence and remember the right words can change not only your trajectory, but also the relationships that can make the difference. I'm Kelly O'Hara bidding you goodbye from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight and just stay curious, stay inspired and keep speaking your truth and your business. I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much for being here. thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight.